The Marching Roundtable is proud to be an official media partner of Drum Corps International and Music for All. That there was a way that you could have conducting lessons the entire time you're in school, as well as private lessons. I think that conducting is an instrument just like anything else. It, it takes practice, it takes comfortability, it takes technique, it takes repertoire. It, there's so many things. That's Matt James, who was the director at Lawrence Central High School for so many years. On this podcast, he shares three things he wished he had known when he started teaching. There's a lot to think about here for anyone, no matter how long you've been in the classroom or standing in front of students. This podcast conversation is sponsored by Fred J. Miller Incorporated, found at fjminc.com slash roundtable. And members can see the video version of this conversation at marchingartseducation.com. There's a link to that video where this podcast is located at the Marching Roundtable. Matt James with three things he wished he had known when he started teaching on the Marching Roundtable. podcast is sponsored by FJM, Fred J. Miller Incorporated. FJM is the leader in marching arts uniform manufacturing and continues to lead the charge through groundbreaking design, superior service, and over 60 years of industry innovation. The Cesario collection of marching band uniforms is 100% machine washable, includes a limited lifetime warranty, and makes the fitting process a breeze with their Adjust-A-Cuff and adjust a hem technology. Now is the perfect time to create a new image for your program. Chat with a live FJM representative or schedule your complimentary consultation today at fjminc.com roundtable. That's fjminc.com roundtable. Fred J. Miller Incorporated, family owned and operated since 1960. Hey there, everyone. Barry Hauser from the University of Illinois and Smith Walbridge Clinics. I wanted you to know that I am a huge fan of the work that Tim Hinton and his team are doing at Marching Arts Education. I recently joined him for a webinar and that webinar along with so many others and a tremendous amount of other resources are located on his website. Now, if you're like me, you are constantly looking for best practices, techniques, and just want to know what others are doing in our activity. I know this information will be super helpful to you and your staff. I encourage you to consider a membership to help support Tim so we can continue providing this amazing information and other resources to our marching community. Thanks so much and be sure to join today. Hey everybody, it's Tim Hinton, the Beast of the Marching Arts here with Matt James today. Matt, how are you? <laughs> great. How are you, Tim? I'm doing great. So everybody knows the great work you did. So successful for so many years at Lawrence Central High School. Why don't you fill everybody in on all the things that you do? Well, I, I was a band director at Lawrence Central High School and director of performing arts there for 20 years. Um, I've taught for a total of 40 years in middle school, high school, did band orchestra, um, that kind of stuff. Um, and now I'm a retired drill writer, basically. <laughs> so I'm finding finding ways to fill my days uh, writing drill and make a little little money on on the side with my pension. So it's a nice nice comfortable thing. Fantastic. Well, thank you for taking time to talk to me. Of course, we're going to talk about three things I wish I had known when I started teaching. I think this is such an interesting topic. And uh, Matt, I think 
like you had a very long successful career but if you're like me like you look back on it you think man there's a few things i did early on that i wish i you know i wish i had known a couple things so i'd love to hear uh, what you're thinking about this the first thing you thought of what was that the very first thing i thought of was uh management time management and like what to do the very first day of school i remember my first job my first day of school uh we had prep time not a clue uh, so it was uh, quite a waste of time that uh, once I figured out what I could have been doing, would have been wonderful to have back. So I think management is the first thing. And that, that turns into a whole myriad of things, because as I went through my career, uh, financial management, budgeting, learning Excel spreadsheets, QuickBooks, marketing, recruiting, time management, uh, all those things start coming into play. So it's almost like you need a MBA as well as a, a music degree, almost like a, what do they call it? Music management degrees. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're um, totally running, think, you're running a business. You're yeah, run, it's like the CEO of a giant yeah. business. You're running, you're wearing mm-hmm. all these hats. You're doing all these things. So what, so if somebody's listening to this and they're like, okay, I don't want to be that guy on the first day, what would you tell mm-hmm. them? Where do you start figuring out where to start with management? Well, that, that's the hard part is that um, a lot of people uh, get hired maybe even after school starts or right. um, if they're if they're lucky, they have the luxury of a summer um, to get ready. But um, yeah, I think getting um, I was teaching middle school. So getting the method books ready, maybe planning out my first couple of concerts, um, getting music that's appropriate level, which I probably didn't really know. I don't think, I think it took me about a year before I really understood the level of music I should have been picking for my groups. Um, cause that's, that's a whole nother thing in and of itself is right. having a good sense. I mean, you're, you're in college and so you're doing all your methods classes with college students and you do get to go out and do student teaching and have some time where you're seeing other band directors do other things, but really getting a sense of what level of music kids can play at certain ages or in certain programs because it's not always going to be the same as a whole nother uh thing of understanding that is tricky when you're first stepping into the profession yeah wow this is so interesting that you mentioned the first day of school because i'm sitting here it's making me it's making me think back i had a job interview i drove all night to north carolina where i got my first job i had a job interview at like 7 a.m that evening i met the students the next day i had students at band camp <laughs> right and I, I mean i mean like i didn't even have a place to live much less know what music like i still remember that was something um mm-hmm. so you never know what kind of situation you're in but having some idea so also i would assume like how, how would you learn these things how would you figure out where to, you have you need to have somebody to call right Absolutely. Well, you want to always talk to whoever you can talk to that can help you out. And that was one of the things I think I had everybody I needed, but was uh, maybe a little too stubborn to take advantage of the fact that I had people I could call. And uh, the older I get, the more those types of things need to go by the wayside. And you want to take advantage of any help you can get. Yeah, I I always think about when I first started teaching, I was so afraid everybody would, my students especially would figure out all the things I didn't know. So I probably would have been embarrassed to ask some questions. But if you're listening to this, everybody like call your supervisor, call another director and say, tell me about this. You know, what would you do? How do I deal with this? It's okay to not know everything. I love that. Okay. What's the second thing you came up with? 
Okay, let's see if I want to go two or three. Well, I think, okay, psychology. I think that would probably be the second most important thing because that goes a long way. And I wrote down the psychology of administrators, the psychology of children, the psychology of parents, as well as your own personal psychology. All those things are extremely important. Um, I think that from a standpoint of what's the most important thing you do as a teacher, and that is taking care of children. And so having a really good sense of child psychology, um, having a good sense of how to manage classroom behavior, uh, have a good sense of how to differentiate children's needs and making sure that you are providing them a safe place and are taking as great care of them as you possibly can, all the while you're doing all the other things that you do, um, is something that I don't think I even had a small clue of by the time I got out of school. Um, psychology of administrators they're not being taught the same things we're being taught what's important to them is not necessarily and most times is not the same thing this is most important to you um, what's trending right now what are the things that are going on in the back of their minds that um, would be helpful that you understood and i don't know that i was ever good at that but that's something <laughs> that the better you are the better you are at it um when becca sullins came to work at Lawrence Central, uh, first thing she did was make a German chocolate cake and take it down to the athletic director. Smart move. So that, <laughs> that is they, gorgeous. They knew who she was. Yeah, <laughs> that's that is like um, the best story ever, Beck. I mean, my hats off yeah. to you. That's fantastic. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, that's that's you know, it's a good way for them to get to know who you are and know that uh, you're willing to uh, do things nice for them. Um, but yeah, the, the administration is, and especially going from school to school, because every administrator ticks a little bit differently and finding ways to uh, work with them and understand what they need is extremely important. And same thing with the parents. So what's important to the parents and um, obviously their children and making sure they feel you're doing the very best for, your, for their children that you can. Not all the time is that possible to have the same um, outlook as they do. Sometimes their children need a little more discipline or a little more help, or I, I used to call them attitude adjustments. Um, but for the most part, I think everybody wants the same thing for their kids, and that's to give them the best experience you can. But it also is important that you need to recruit them. They need to help you, uh, whether it's from a standpoint of um, building props for marching band, fundraising for the booster organization, helping with uh, development of contests or any type of events that you hold. Um, very, very important that, that they are a big part of what you do, but all the time understanding their role versus the teacher's role. I've seen a lot of situations where the parents get confused that they raise money, so therefore they should have maybe more of a say in how that money's spent than what would be um, healthy, yeah. to say it probably in a good way. Yeah, so very keeping them understanding and, and, and constantly being very positive, but also explaining to them the role and, and how that role fits and that they have more than enough that they can take charge of um, as long as they stay in there. I think uh, Wayne Markworth calls it the line in the sand. You know, they're on yeah. that, you're on this side, they're on that side. And if everybody understands their roles, it works very, very well. So, you know, we're figuring out how people think what's important to them, what their psychology is. I love that idea. I think I'm sitting here wondering, how do I learn that? How do I figure it out? Like, I guess the trick would be, how do I know who to ask? 
you know, like how do I learn what the psychology is of the of and what's important to the administration in my new school? Because as you said, mm-hmm. it's different everywhere. Like parents generally, but still, what about my community? So how do I figure out who is safe to ask if I'm new to a school? Let me know when you figure that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think you have to you have to have a great relationship as your principal or or an assistant principal, somebody that you can have confidence in. Again, the the previous teacher um, before you would have a really good insight. Right. Um, it, it's it's one of the things that I I really did struggle with probably most of my career is is how how to communicate well with um with administrators but yeah just constantly meeting with them um doing everything you can to open up the communication lines um and and asking other teachers who who do they feel that they can trust that they can uh confide in so that they they have a safe place and that's really important you have to have a safe place where you can kind of vent and then reconstitute your thoughts in a more positive healthy way yeah, absolutely. So, it's all about building those relationships, right? So as yeah. you talk with people, as you're communicating with people, as you're building those relationships, then I think you're right. You'll figure out which parents are really on my side yeah. that I can trust. And now I can get information from them and elicit their help. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing with other teachers in the school. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. It was one of the best sort of related topic. One of the best advice I ever got was to, to stay out of the teacher's lounge. <laughs> and that doesn't mean oh. you don't. You don't communicate and, and make friends mm-hmm. with all the other teachers in the school, but that tends to be everybody goes to sort of sit and bitch and everything. So uh, that was good advice I got somewhere along the line. But you can't yes. figure out who's who you can trust and who you can talk to. Yeah, I think staying out of the teacher's lounge, but making sure that you're at as many teacher get-togethers outside of school as possible. Yes, um, that's good. That, that tends to be a lot more fun, a lot more healthy. And um, yeah, I, th- I think you can build a lot of connections that way. Same thing with the parents. Um having you know when they have their get-togethers making sure that you're a part of that so that they they see you that you're a normal person well as normal as you can be but um, <laughs> normal as yeah, they are. can see you in a <laughs> right <laughs> we're not going down yeah, that road everybody <laughs> yeah we'll stay, that's, that's not a, that's not this podcast yeah. um, you could do a whole series of that <laughs> you, you but um, yeah just you know just showing them that you're you're um you're a person they can come to and talk to and a regular guy kind of a person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You have to, you have to build those that sort of get to know me, who I really am, be yep. comfortable, get, you know, get to like me. That's true for everybody you've mentioned, all the populations, the students, the Absolutely. parents, the, the teachers, the administration, everybody. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. Okay. That's a good one. Tricky one, but good. It's, it's, I like that we put that on people's radars. I like that mm-hmm. a lot. So what's your third one? Okay. So the third one, and again, you got, you, you went through music school and you know how many, one credit and two credit classes you have. And, you know, the, the, the next question you would ask is, well, how do you fit all of this into the curriculum? I don't know. There's just, you'd have to go to school for 10 years before you'd feel like you knew everything that you needed to know and you still wouldn't. But I think my, my pet peeve is that um, when I was in school, we spent my, my favorite time we spent with our private teachers. I was very fortunate. I got to study with Leonard Falcone at Michigan state for four years and wonderful wonderful lessons in musicality wonderful lessons and playing euphonium just just great but we spent two semesters in conducting classes and for most of us that that are going to go out and teach we're going to basically be a professional conductor in other words we're going to get paid to conduct a band or an orchestra or a choir and that's 
kind of our profession, but we don't we don't spend any kind of the time that we need to spend to actually be comfortable and confident or competent on top of that in that realm. And if there was a way that you could have conducting lessons the entire time you're in school, as well as private lessons, I think that conducting is an instrument just like anything else. It, it takes practice, it takes um, comfortability, it takes technique, it takes repertoire. It, there's so many things. I remember my band director in high school, maybe to shut me up because I was not probably as pleasant as I should have been as a student because, you know, I was a know-it-all and still am, but that's a whole other story too. <laughs> but he put me up, it was, I think it was Corral and Shaker Dance. He says, you conduct this today. I've got to go to a meeting. And so I got on the podium, started him off and I couldn't follow the score, listen to him. It was just total overwhelming. Um, you know, I, I was so far behind in the pages and it, it was so... Uh, uncomfortable that I don't know that I was even able to listen. And so that takes time. And I think, you know, after a semester or two in conducting classes, you get better at it. But um, getting the whole idea that you're trying to conduct musically and connect with students and create some type of give and take, as well as listen to the music, listen to a rehearsal, make positive comments, keep the kids engaged, make it a positive environment, how to prepare a score, how to follow the score, what you're listening for, you know, you're hearing things sound bad, what is it, what's causing it to sound bad? Those are things that do take quite a bit of time. I mean, that was something that took probably two, three, four or five years before I was even somewhat efficient at recognizing what was going wrong and how to fix it. But any, any more time that can be spent in school on those types of things, I think would really help um but though i've seen many students come right out of college and just be great at it and i've had student teachers that were phenomenal but um that was something that i think for most people does take a little bit of time and um it would be really great to have the masters that are there like the, the band directors the orchestra directors spend some time um with the music ed students to try to help them understand that because you see these guys go out and do honor bands all over the place and they're amazing at at moving quickly identifying problems having little things to say that fix things immediately um coaching of that nature i think is invaluable um when it comes to uh getting music educators ready to get in front of an ensemble so conducting um would be the third thing that's actually sure that, uh, that's a little chilling to me to think about that because I think that, well, of course, I haven't been in school for a long time, but my impression, look, thinking back on my school days, back in the day when we were riding dinosaurs to class, yes, everybody. But anyway, um, I mean, I think myself and my fellow classmates had very little time in front of a group. I mean, I'm, right. I'm not, I know mm -hmm. I got time in student teaching that I was mm -hmm. actually getting to conduct a group or whatever, and that was a great learning experience, and I had a wonderful mentor there, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we, you know, there's lots of ways to do this. Perhaps maybe you need to get your, get your friends together and, and like conduct. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I mean, how yes. how do you learn this? Because you're right, they, most people have a very small amount of time, and then they get in front of the, up on the podium, and that's what they do mostly. That's a, that's fascinating. The long yes. list of things I mean, you enumerated about of what you have to do while you're up there. Oh yeah, well yeah, and it, and it, you know, as you get older and and do it more often, it it starts becoming 
I don't know that it ever is easy. I don't know that, you know, even Carlos Kleiber thought it was easy. But um, <laughs> I think the, the, the better repertoire you have and the better ears you have, the better um, almost knowing what's going to go wrong before it goes wrong, those those types of radars that you develop over time um, really help you. But there's there's such a wealth of knowledge with the conductors that are in every school of music because you see them out and about all the time and they're so phenomenal that uh several coachings with them and and you know even bringing in guest schools or something where they can get in front of them and show them how they're listening and how they're hearing things anything like that i think uh would go a long way in helping people um prepare i mean there's there's no way as i said before there's no way there's enough time to get everything covered but um, I think those three things are the things that I wish I was way, way, way better at before I ever set foot in front of an ensemble. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, anybody that's listening to this, you can just practice your conducting. Yeah. So, you know, oh. you know, no, seriously, like, you know, get the score, yeah. turn it on yeah. and conduct it and imagine where the band is and like spend some time because at least, Matt, you would get proficient enough to be able to get through the music and then you can start to train your ears to listen and like you mentioned engaging the students like that's a whole layers and layers and and layers yeah and i do all those things but i tell you there's nothing nothing more weird than you actually get in front of an ensemble and they don't do what you want them to do like the recording did (laughs) absolutely (laughs) that doesn't throw you off a little bit so sometimes it's, it's good to have a good sense of how it how it is in in some manifestation by some other conductor but um yeah the 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 amount of time preparing and and getting your mindset uh ahead of time is is still is still kind of the trick but yeah absolutely these are all really good suggestions and uh i think that gives us the stuff to think about yours were these these were like tricky like I, I like these are they're not easy answers, but I think sort of awareness is the key. Like knowing, okay, I need to be thinking about this. How am I gonna engage those parents and and understand where they're coming from? I think just being aware of that would go a long way. Well, I think too what we talked about, and and we can we can um, put a little synopsis here is that with the management of your program, there are people to ask and get help from. With the psychology of the people you're dealing with, there are people to ask to get help from with conducting. There are so many people out there that are just amazing that are local to almost every place you go. There's always a college or community college or somewhere where there's um, somebody that's been through more experiences than you have that you can learn from. And latching on to these people and and taking advantage of them uh, is probably the smartest thing anybody can do and get over the the ego part of it and just go out and learn and just find anybody you can to grab onto and help you through it fantastic advice thank you for the for the conversation and for these uh, these good ideas to think about appreciate it matt great thank you tim i enjoyed being here watch for more conversations like this one from successful educators in the marching arts and music education find similar inspiring topics like this in the over 1100 podcasts at the marching roundtable or in the hours and hours of webinar videos and interviews at marchingartseducation.com. We are so grateful that so many of the very top educators and designers in our activity have talked with us and shared their secrets freely. You can learn from these top marching arts professionals at any time at our website at marchingartseducation.com. Thanks again to the sponsor of this podcast, Fred J. Miller Incorporated, found at fjminc.com roundtable. 
This is Tim Hinton, the Beast of the Marching Arts. You can find out more about me at beastofthemarchingarts.com. And check out our new bed and breakfast at phantomhistoryhouse.com. If you're a business that works with band directors, marching bands, color guards, or drum lines, you should sponsor podcasts at the Marching Roundtable. Our listeners are the exact audience you're trying to reach. And with thousands of podcast downloads each month, it's a great way to directly reach your target audience. For more information, click on the Sponsorship Opportunities link at marchingroundtable.com or email Tim at tim at marchingroundtable.com. You can grow your business and help support what we're doing here on the podcast.